Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free drink play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad break string play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play. Exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Jeez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble. Yes, welcome back to Dylan Friends podcast this week. On the show... Sam Walsh, this is incredible. I've waited a long time and genuinely nearly got a restraining order put out on me the amount of times I'd asked this young gun, um, young star, young, just good person in entirety uh, to come on the show. And yeah, it didn't disappoint. Um, so impressed with this guy, not just as an athlete, but as a person, uh, as everything, to be honest. He's he's very switched on and it was an honour to get him on the show and have a chat about everything, including his journey, uh, footy, the blues and... Yeah, what he's up to this sort of year and what's going to happen with his footy. It's really cool. He's really interested in the American sports side of things and, um, yeah, definitely a, a deeper thinker and there's a bit that's uh, that I learn about him which I'm really excited for and can understand why he's such an elite operator. So I can't wait for you to have a listen to this one. Hope you enjoy it. Illy XX and I'll chat to you soon. Illy, bye-bye-bye. Hey, also, massive favour would be genuinely huge. Please promise me this. I'm waiting for you to say you're going to promise it. Please promise it. Send this episode to someone you think will enjoy it. It helps the show so much. Share it on your stories. Maybe send it to another Carlton supporter or anyone else that loves Sam Walsh. Maybe send it to Kane Corns even. Um, Send it to Kane Corns as many times as you like. And, uh, yeah, let's get this episode humming. It does more than you can imagine. Um, And last but not least, please head on to dylanfriends.com. We've actually got an EDM that's uh, doing the rounds at the moment too, which is really cool, just behind the scenes of everything we're doing here. Darcy's is doing an awesome job putting that together with um, with my support. And, yeah, it's been really fun to, to do. So we're trying to build that community up. And you'll be first to know about it, all the events and merch and other news dropping on Dylan Friends and um, at Clubby too. So hope you enjoy it. DylanFriends.com, IllyXX. Hi, fam. It's Dylan's mum, Deborah. This is Dylan Friends. It's about time I sat down with my son and yeah. had a decent <laughs> chat. This is going to be right. They don't actually know who I am, but when they watch me play football, I don't think many people do like me. A tribute band, Queen, so they played two songs for Pre-game. us. Pre-game. Pre-game. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What? So real, Dylan. I looked down and there's this shark biting my left leg. Joe. And I turned around and it was Kobe. No one misses eight weeks of footy with a jarred knee. Yeah, I'm like, it's got no friends, it's got no friends. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> I cannot miss this opportunity to get on the Dill and Friends podcast. Sammy Walsh, welcome to the welcome to the 
Welcome to the podcast, man. <laughs> Do you want to take that flip-flop out of your mouth, Bill? Or? <laughs> what? A bit nervous, man. Far out. That's, this is the first one back for the, the year. I'm a little bit oh, rusty on the, on the mic. Yeah. It's like that first session back, you know. You're always just yeah, blowing out the cobwebs. Miss, miss kicks and yeah. you're chasing after it. But, yeah. Uh, thanks for having me, mate. It's, I've been in the works for a little while, so keen to jump on. What made you finally agree? I, I thought I was. it was like either this stage was a restraining order or like <laughs> An agreeance. Was it, did I just work you down as like a tagger or did you finally just sort of come around to the idea? Yeah, your work rate's been good. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, for, for me, I probably um, haven't always quite been as out there with um, doing stuff like this. And um, I probably um, have been a big listener of podcasts and thought um, it'd be a great time to tell a bit of my story because I've gained a fair bit of motivation or inspiration and little things off certain pods whether it be yours or others so um if i can help like a young kid coming up of, of what it's like and share a bit of my my story so far i thought it's a good time now and past probably 12 24 months have been a mixed bag with a bit of everything so um thought it's not bad timing now bloody oath man it's it's crazy because for me um you know seeing been a massive admirer of, of you for a long time and everything you do and obviously you've got some really close mutual friends at the club and you know the way people speak about you is nothing short of um well it's all true things i know but they have so much sort of love and respect for the way you are not only as a, a good person on the field but the the player and white line fever and that competitiveness <laughs> that you have on the field as well which i'm really looking forward to unpacking today man because it's been an incredible journey thus far with a lot of ups and downs not so much downs but over the last period with your back and a few injury sort of things that you've had to work your way through yeah um and yeah, keen to unpack it all, which is really, really exciting. Plenty more ups and downs. Hey, um, what's going on? The hell's a break though? Was it good? Break was good. What'd you yeah. do? Are you in Japan? Uh, yeah, bounced around a little bit during the break, but um, we obviously went into finals. And as you know, when you're not making finals, you got plenty of time to probably plan for a trip. Mm. But um, a few of us boys, when we got knocked out, we had a week before Best and Ferris, so we were like. Um, we heard a bit of hype about, about Japan. A lot of Australians going over there at the moment. And I've never been. I'd love like, yeah. like It's on my top of the list to go. Yeah, culturally it was unbelievable. In terms of, I probably thought there was going to be more English spoken, but it wasn't quite that. And you definitely felt like a bit of a fish out of water, uh, particularly there's 30 million people in one city. So had some great fun. We were sort of more a bit in the nightlife and enjoying ourselves and then just walking around during the day. And then had a few weddings as well, which... Close mates, Jack Savani and Maddie Kennedy both got married. Um, as you know, always a fun time and everyone's up and about. So that was a good way to spend the break. And I was also sort of pretty keen to get into the training side of things after having a few interrupted pre-seasons. So a bit of, bit of motivation on the side there as well. 100%. I want to talk to you about your pre-season in a second. But with Japan, I want to head over there this year. Where'd yep. you go? What would you recommend? Yep. So we went to the main spot um, for food drink was um, Shibuya. A lot of those small type bars, um, everything's pretty pretty cheap relatively to going over to Europe or America. So that was a bit of a bonus of the trip. We also did a few a few little things, a fair bit of shopping, went to a few magic shows. Um, <laughs> karaoke was good. Magic uh, shows? Yeah. Boys, on, I think, boys uh, are getting loose yeah, at the magic shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a random feature that, but... Um, we sort of, yeah, we went there not knowing much and just bounced around a fair few things, but the food and shopping were the two main yeah. things. Is it as um, good? Like, I went to Italy and there's people going to kill me for saying this, but I reckon we genuinely have better Italian in Melbourne. <laughs> Don't let Adam Chera hear that. Really? Yeah, yeah I, I feel like I the Italians get I reckon there. Ligon's, like, we have such a great population of Italian people here, yeah. so I just feel like it is very close to what you would get in Italy. 
No, I, I tend to agree. I've only ever been to Rome, but yeah. um, it's not far from... Uh, Danini's isn't far from a, oh, of course. an Italian joint oh, on... The, the trios? Yeah. <laughs> it's very, very good You'll be there. full for a week after yeah, that. you will. You will. No, they do it well. And I, I know with our beautiful um, fans, we might get slammed for that one, but I know we just do it very well. Was Japan's yeah. food legitness? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a massive seafood eater, but okay. um, enjoyed it over there. Um, everything was... Um, yeah, so advanced. Like you go into the shops and it's like robots coming around yeah. to serve you, or like the the sushi trains, and they're very advanced in that stuff. But then also really traditional in other things, like pay cash a lot. Um, the people there are so nice. Like the respectful, cleanest city yeah. in the world. I've heard as well. Like no yeah, littering, no like yeah. And we went with like um, with Kempi's like one ninety five, and everyone was just like staring up at him. Um, <laughs> So you definitely do stand out a fair bit, but um, yeah, cool place to see. I reckon um, I'd love to do a, a snow season over there, or like yeah. a bit of a skiing, but not quite while I'm playing footy. Oh mate, at the end skiing is. Are um, you going to do that? Yeah, I mean, that's what yeah. I want to do. So skiing, our dream is to go skiing uh, this Christmas over there. It's like a white Christmas in Japan. Yeah, pretty awesome. sure that's the the right time. But yeah, Juz and Juz and I and Max have been keen to to get over there, um, which will be elite. Off season though, talk us through what it is. Like, was it a bit of a time for you to get the body sort of back? A bit of a rest, obviously, as well. But yeah. then, as you said, first few, uh, last few seasons have been a little bit interrupted with pre-seasons, getting the body right. Like, how are you feeling? What was your big focus as heading into the off season? And, and what did you do to sort of feel your best? Yeah, we had a, um, our three weeks off after the season, which um, I only played the 18 games um, throughout the year, which um, in comparison to like a, Charlie Kern or Weeders, they played 26 games plus two practice matches. So it probably, my body didn't feel as banged up, but because I was probably coming from a base of no preseason, it, um, there was certain parts of my body that I wanted to get right. Mm. So after that three weeks, um, really sort of honed in on what I could do to get my back in the right condition, strengthen it up, which towards the end of the year we were getting there but it's just so hard when you're playing games at a high level because you've got to come back down recover and bounce again mm. so uh, the pilates was huge for that and the gym work um and then also um doing a few other re- rehab things for my ankles and stuff that um been giving me a bit of a trouble so um was based in melbourne for a lot of that and there was about 10 15 guys in the club most of the time so um the best thing was throughout my break i could sort of break that up with like a trip here or there and um, I think I get a lot of enjoyment out of training. So when I have been injured, it, that, that took a bit of a toll mentally because you can't get out there and do it. And um, so I definitely gained some perspective in that time. Man, I'll talk about this a lot this year and I apologise to the listeners, but like I'm probably a, a fair bit long time out of the game now, but I just didn't realise the impact that physical workouts and like that, energy of like just running around and going to the gym has actually had an impact on me like the last few years i've done so much work on my mental health and like business and growing in those areas but completely disregarded like getting in the gym and doing those bits and pieces and i said on the mini the other week like i used to when i was playing i used to walk into a room and just be like i could literally beat the fuck out of anyone here like I just like would see Michael Voss and be like, I reckon I could, I could take anyone. Like even Cripper. There was something in my head just being like, I don't care. Yeah, you've like, done I, the work. I've done yeah. the work. I'm that jacked. Like I don't know what it was. It was delusion, but it was just you were that confident in your body. 
Did Rex have you on a good program? I was on a very good program. I'll show you some photos. And <laughs> now, I, like, you know, I literally walk outside and if it's windy, I'm holding on to certain <laughs> things. So I really this year want to focus on that and get back into life. It might even help your golf game, mate. Mate, it, nothing's helping that. I've actually <laughs> heard you could be the only player that's worse than me at golf. And that, well, I do to talk about this. I've been told that by I've a few people. That, like, I have oh. an ugly swing, but apparently yours yeah. is genuinely worse. Yeah, I've um, um, I love m- a lot of my sports and um, <laughs> golf. I was trying to t- tell myself is a great game socially for me to be with the boys, but I'm using I'm using my back injury as a disguise of yeah. why I'm not playing golf. But I really just am no good at it at all. So um, <laughs> had some nearly tears on the course throughout the past couple of years. Mate, it teaches you a lot. Giving the sticks away. So good. Yeah. How um if you have to go into like how scary was the back injury and like i suppose was it actually an injury or was it just sort of a couple of things that just kept getting i suppose over time tickling away like i was to be honest had like a couple of back things throughout my career had many epidurals like i had a really bad disc that still to this day caused me a bit of grief like unless you've had one it's hard to sort of articulate how debilitating they are yeah you're you're spot on and that's probably what i've learned through it all of how many people have experienced certain things like that and for me, I'd always, you know, it's like playing footy, you get a sore back from time to time. Mm. But um, in, yeah, towards the end of 2022, just going into one week, I was like, it was like my back just locked on. Um, and that was after the Adelaide game, uh, which what might have been round 21. Mm. And then from there, I was um, sort of getting work through my back. And then uh, after about a week, it turned into this real bad, like sciatic nerve pain. Um, so that was up against Brisbane. Um, and sort of felt like in the second half, my calf got like really tight. Um, and I just didn't think anything of it. I was like um, probably a bit stubborn. Um, and then we got up against Melbourne that week and I reckon my top speed running for the game was around 19, 20 Ks and it's usually around 30 and I just couldn't go. Um, and then that led us into the game to try and make finals to beat Collingwood, which was one of the toughest games of footy I've had to, had to watch. And for how it ended, uh, it was pretty hard sort of a couple of weeks and um, that sort of drove the group this year um, in a lot of aspects. So um, from there, sort of we rested my back. It's a bit of a like long story, but then got better for a bit. But as soon as I got back into kicking ground balls, it just, the nerve pain wouldn't stop and mm. couldn't function. So had the surgery and since then it's been really good, but um, like any surgery, it still can take 12, 24 months for it to really start feeling um, good again. But I was lucky towards the sort of mid half, the the, the back half of the year started to feel really good. And um, the nerve pain was on my right side. So just kicking the footy was probably the biggest challenge. The game you're referring to as well is the the round 21 game against the Pies, 95 odd thousand, nearly 100,000. You had to withdraw because of the back luck. I can imagine it spurred the whole team on, but yourself personally as well to get back and perform the way you did this year. Um, that must have been still in the back of your mind. Yeah, absolutely. It's like 95,000. You're still, when you're not out there playing, you probably feel very lonely. Mm. Um, ultimately, you know, it's like what, what you want to do is go out there and play. Um, and then um, for, for that to not come on and for us to not make finals, which was an aspiration for that year, um, definitely drove us into 2023, but um, I think we probably learned some valuable lessons at the start of 2023 of um, not focusing too much on on what we want to get and what, what what is actually the process behind it. And 
how can we help each other sort of stay engaged rather than like worrying about what's to come mm. so um definitely keeps you on your toes you'll learn a lot of things throughout like a year of footy what's been the biggest like learning out of the whole thing because i know for a fact you're one of those guys that will never let a negative situation turn into something that's bigger than that like i'm sure you've learned so much out of this time that you've had to spend out of the game in those short periods but also um you know training and getting the back right like did it lean you lean you to focusing on the leadership the mental side of the game of sort of getting yourself right and having confidence and knowing that you know sometimes it's not like being a 16 17 or anymore it's being able to strap the boots on go out and play yeah. um learning all those bits and pieces that have probably built you into a more well-rounded leader now yeah you're spot on um Definitely for for the on-field stuff with my back, I probably learned that um, I used to go in in the morning at the club and just do like half an hour of touch, ground balls, kicking, and just try and smash that before training. And um, for me, like the more the better. Um, when a few of the injuries crept in, it's probably mm. what can I do to work on my body, whether it be the, the Pilates before training, certain stretching, um, activation to get my body right, and then go out and perform on the track. So... That was a big lesson on field. And then off field, I think the biggest thing for me was probably developed a fair bit of empathy for guys that have had injuries throughout their career and um, how taxing that can be. And um, I feel like now guys that are going through injury injury battles and that, I, I can go up to them and relate to them and um, speak through. And if you play footy long enough, you're going to have injuries. But um, at your lowest times, you feel like that's when you need people to, to lean on. And that's what I had at the club. And hopefully I can be that to others as well. Speaking of that leadership side of things, like again, it was something that's come up so much when when talking to teammates, coaches, all people involved with you, and it seems like such a like a common thread too from like junior footy, under 18s, you know, pick one in the draft, come to Carlton, and since the second year you've been in leadership groups, is that correct? Yeah, yeah. that's pretty like yeah. it's it's unbelievable. Um, well, it is believable, but it's it's also <laughs> pretty incredible. What do you what do you put that down to? Like it's it's hard to do because I, I think back to, you know, myself personally and a lot of other nineteen year olds or twenty year olds walking into a club in their second year and I was still too scared to talk to people, let alone be in, in a leadership group. What yeah. what was what do you think has made you besides obviously your on field performance, what do you think has made you have the confidence to do that? And has it always been a trait? And there's always been something top of mind to go in and be like, no, I can I can lead from whatever age. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a it's a good question, and so, I reckon a couple of years, I probably a couple of years ago, I wouldn't have been able to answer that. Mm. But as you get a bit older, you probably reflect on what's like made you into the player or person that's um, got you to this point. And I think for me, the biggest thing was um, a young age, moved around a bit, so I grew up down in country Victoria, and then started grade four, moved up to Darwin um, for a couple of years, and. I think, uh, and then after that, moved to Ocean Grove. So um, I think from a young age, that sort of probably taught me the value of relationships and getting to know people and learning how to fit in in your environments. And mm. footy was always a big part of that, but also just having the co- confidence to go go outside of myself. And I think I probably was able to learn a lot of different sort of walks of life, going, bouncing around and um, being able to re- relate to a fair few people has been at big key in my leadership throughout I think um, I think once you get the respect of your teammate or person then you can you can lead by example and from there I've always tried to train how I want to play and um, I think the biggest thing throughout it all was also just um, yeah remaining pretty grounded and, and knowing that um, you never 
as good as you think or as bad as you think and keeping that equilibrium is probably allowing me to stay consistent so um that's probably the relationship thing's been the biggest thing for my leadership i think it's elite man you, you we you said before at the start of the show like you know you've listened to podcasts before and if you could have a way to maybe learn from other people and people learn from your story as well a question that if i was 18 or 19 or even just Think about this as well when people are listening. It's like not just going into a footy club but going into a new workplace or a new fucking sports team or relationship, any form of thing. You go in and you want to have uh, – you want to do it the right way. You want to earn respect versus being liked, all these bits and pieces. What advice would you give to, say, a young kid, male or female, going into a footy club at a young age? Um, what's the most important thing that you think you did and then now as a leader that you see young um, people do coming in? Yeah, it's a great question and um – the AFL work um, workplaces are probably similar. It, it's similar to a lot of businesses mm-hmm. in a sense, but the one thing you always do get is new kids coming into the club every year. So um, it's definitely something that you observe. And I think the biggest thing for me was um, I just wanted to be respected for the way that I went about it. And that was um, on field, train as hard as I could, but I always tried to ask as many questions because um, – with that knowledge and I can make good decisions off the back of it. And I was lucky at the club, I arrived at the time where um, I think at Carl, the culture was really building. Had older guys there like Murph and Simo who um, had the experience. And then you also had Cripper, Waiters, Charlie. Mm. Um, I'm going to miss guys, but that you could look up to and and see that's the level I've got to get to. And I think throughout that, I've also been able to have a little bit of fun with it and it's not too serious like it you can't be on all the time. So I think that balance also helped me. Um, some people might see it from the outside. It's like, oh, he trains hard. He's just very narrow, which some guys might be like that and it works. But also having that that fun side of it. And like I said, I enjoy my other sports and, um, yeah, traveling and stuff. So that's other ways that I've been yeah. able to enjoy it with the boys. From an outside view as well, and it, only you can probably man- answer this honestly, but even from you know talking to people, you have that mix nearly one of the best I've heard of like training really well but then being able to just do your own thing off the field and you know make jokes do other things I feel like in footy and, and even in work like once you're in one or the other it's hard to sort of be yeah. good at both yeah yeah it's definitely um, one of those things I probably have always done a bit na- naturally like I'm definitely a bit more of an out, out there person and um, like you I love think- magic shows and yeah. stuff <laughs> <laughs> random stuff yeah. like that <laughs> Um, but once again, it sort of goes back to like um, the relationships I've built. Like um, even in the locker room, there might be someone that enjoys the soccer. So I'll go over there and ha- have a chat to them yeah. about, um, yeah, Liverpool beating them on the weekend. Or, or stuff like I find if you have relatable points with people, then you're going to have a good time because um, you keep it social. And um, I feel like at footy clubs, it's, it's nearly like I talk to people. It's either like a local footy club or like you're back at school, you yeah. know, the banter's unreal and um i think we've got a group at the moment that knows knows how to balance that um and it's just keeping the finger on the pulse when it goes too far yeah each way which is sometimes hard but um, good fun ko's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide, live with no ad break string play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. 
Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks for during play. Exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Jeez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy. Available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO. Now also available on Hubble. Talk us through your sports. You've mentioned it a few times. I know you're a sucker for American sports. Like watch it three, two, one outside the AFL in terms of like viewing interests. It's a good question. It bounces around a bit. Um, I'll go the NBA one, NFL two, and then uh, the EPL. Oh, yeah. Have I done that? Three, two, one? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So NBA. number one's basketball. Yeah. Number two, NFL, NFL. then EPL. And yeah. teams? Uh, in, and I'll, players. Yeah. In the NBA, I more follow players, but okay. um, New York Knicks is my team. Uh, the NFL, it's... Well, um, so was that a player that played with them or... Uh, growing up, I just I'd always wanted to travel to New York, and yeah. then I always love my basketball, so I put yeah. the two and two together. And yeah. now I've ticked that off the bucket list. Watch New York Knicks at Madison Square Garden, so that's pretty cool. Um, and then the NFL Cleveland Browns, because I was a big Baker Mayfield fan. Yep, he did a bit of like the um, like content creation and stuff throughout um, college, so I followed him through, and then that's why. Yeah, I picked Cleveland. And was then, that Johnny Manziel was there as well? Yeah, Johnny Manziel was before Johnny Football. Man, yeah. I'm, I'm so interested in him. I've been watching that yeah. show lately too. Like, just it's just fascinating. Yeah, like the, um, to win the Heisman in his first is it freshman year, then second year goes number one, and then he's now out of the game. Yeah, it's um, and he was like selling all of the. <laughs> merchandise and shit. That's the like, thing. Like the college athletes can make money now off playing, yeah. whereas like they had to do it sneaky in a way or, or they get cut. But yeah, that, that story probably shows the importance of surrounding yourself by the right people. Like yeah, he had guys yeah. coming from Everywhere. a lot of angles, which I think in AFL, we've got a great balance of we can live a pretty cool lifestyle of it's so cool having kids coming up to you down the street or um, people saying we love watching on the weekend, but it's not the intense focus of like a Johnny Manziel or a Baker yeah. Mayfield of everyone's following their every move. Mm-hmm. So I reckon we're pretty lucky in that sense. Um, another one in the top of my head, and I know this isn't real life, so don't jump down my throat. Real life. No, I know this isn't like <laughs> the real life, this movie, but Draft Day with yeah. Kevin Costner. He Doesn't he work? Oh, that's a Browns. Is that the same? That's, a, that's yeah. a the Browns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I like that movie. What's that? He picks um, up Jennings. It? Jennings, the... Someone no matter what. He says, yeah, um... <laughs> Oh, Vontae, Vontae, Vontae Mack. Yeah, Vontae, Vontae Mack, no matter what. Yeah, yeah and then he picked up gr- Jennings as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's fun, a great that's show. A great show. Um, and then EPL, who you support? Uh, Liverpool. Okay. Bit, um, I don't really have a reason to go for them, but a few of the boys follow follow the Reds at the club. And, yeah. Um, yeah, when the World Cup was on, we had, yeah, everyone. It's an, uh, the Women's World Cup and the Men's World Cup was yeah. pretty cool to watch. So I know you're going to ask me my favourite teams as well. Um, maybe I'll go through them <laughs> I next. I probably should. Yeah, but my... <laughs> I don't really follow basketball or the NFL, but I have a team. I went to London last year, and my favourite rappers, Frankie Stewart and Harvey Gunn, they support Arsenal. Yeah, okay, the so Gunners. I love, yeah, I love the Gunners. Did you go watch the game? Or? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do enjoy their content, which is good. Um, you mentioned before, we are talking about sort of vlogging off, off camera. Like this year, you love your American content, your vlogging and stuff, and how cool it is in the NFL and, and American sports in general, even EPL and all that sort of stuff. Like, do you see... Who do you watch? What do you like about it? And do you ever see that it would happen in 
AFL? Like, do you like those tendencies to come and would you like to see people doing it? Yeah, I'm, I love that side of um, following like the, the big athletes around the world. Uh, probably out of interest of like what they get up to, but also they live a pretty um, crazy lifestyle. Mm. So um, I think we just, yeah, as we were speaking about before, that the fact that they could probably have someone by their side 24 7 and um, it's on a bigger scale. So I don't think we're quite at that stage out of. Um, in Australia, but um, I feel like people, uh, particularly, I've got a couple of younger brothers, like that's the way the world's going is mm. um, interacting through that. Like I don't even watch that much live TV anymore, just be YouTube. And um, so I definitely think there's a market for it. And I think at Clubland, there's some clubs that do it really well with the inner sanctum things, but um, I'm sure there's a lot of kids and a lot of supporters out there that want it, that sort of content and see what people get up to. And I think, um, as soon as a few guys start to break the mold, it might become more of a trend. I know you said you were starting a bit of the yeah, vlogging. Like it is, it, it is. It. You want to do it well, don't you? Otherwise, it's probably not going to start somewhere. Yeah, I think well. you got to yeah. start somewhere, and it's never going to be what you want at the beginning. But we've, yeah, like I was telling you before, the Nelk boys. There's this um, for anyone out who doesn't know, they're a American, actually Canadian YouTube yeah. sort of group. They're like these pranksters and stuff. And and basically, this one guy Jesse MTV left and is doing his own vlog now. And it's sort of about his business and apparel line and stuff. And I was like, fuck, I want to do this. So Moth this year is like, yeah, we're going to release one a month of just like purely inner sanctum stuff, like no holes barred. Like we'll talk about everything that we do here. Yeah. Um, just because I think it's such a cool insight into seeing exactly what people do. Because I watched theirs. It's called Bloody Sunday. I was like, fuck, this is so interesting. Like we could do the exact same thing. Yeah. You like that stuff, but your social presence is isn't massive like as in no, not, yeah. people want to know more about you but you're yeah. not a big poster and stuff like would you ever do that sort of thing or yeah and that's a that's a bit ironic thing that that i do enjoy watching it so much yeah probably haven't quite put myself out there yet um is it something think, you think about or is it just like i think down the line i'd love to um, do something and then there's also a bit in the back of your head you're like i just want to keep on working yeah. to become that established player or established team um but there's also um there's people, love, the journey, people love, yeah. People love seeing where, where we've built it from, um, and there's no doubt the club would have a lot of vision that they've kept from a long time. If you wanted to do, I'd love to have that I'd kind have, or like a, a documentary. Or I'd love um, to have your login socials. I just do it, <laughs> I just do it myself. I just post videos and photos. I just do the coolest shit. Yeah, and that's the stuff that. Um, yeah, I, I really find pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I might have to give you a week on no, my no, socials and I, see what. I would, I would, build if it from I was the ground you, up. I'd be getting someone from the club to just film one thing a week, and like even if doing you in the gym doing rehab, cutting it up as like a little vlog and just posting yeah. it on socials. Which I definitely think there's some players that are doing it really well now, and yeah, you look um, at even Tracker and yeah, even throughout the juniors with the baseline footy, like that's yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's become really big. Um, that's probably taken over as how everyone gets their draft knowledge 100%. now, which in the states is, they do that for the young basketballers. Yeah. And um, as long as it, yeah, the, everyone sort of it's a hard when you're probably getting that attention from a young age to keep on keeping the head down. But I yeah. think a lot of the young guys are doing it well now. Because I love that video that they made. Remember that one they made of you and you did like the wish list. Oh you know yeah, the one? yeah, yeah. That's a good video. <laughs> More of that. It's pretty cool. More of that yeah. this year. Um, before we get into talking about the Blues, because the people listening are going to want to know what's what sort of happened this year, I, remiss of me to ask this, and I know I already know the answer to this, I think. Did the Canes-Corns thing ever annoy you? Did it ever get under your skin or did it ever penetrate 
uh, your mind at all? Yeah, there definitely were, was um, some tougher stages throughout throughout it. Um, in my first year, I think you're just going out there playing footy. Um, there's always healthy arguments with any draft year between players and um, our draft is very strong and, mm. and still is, which is cool to see because I played juniors with a lot of those guys um, and we did well. Like um, you're in the AIS Academy and stuff, like in, you get very close. So um, it is cool to see those guys go well, but then you also, um, you're going up to battle against them also. And probably in my second year, I didn't have a great start to my second year and um, that's when a lot of the talk started to come around, um, the number one pick. Um, and I think there's, it definitely motivated me, um, but I didn't I didn't use that as something that I was thinking about going out game down, like I've got to prove this guy wrong. And I think um, you probably learn everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, I think in terms of whether um, who's right or who's wrong, you, I reckon we've got to see that at the end of the career. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many things and um, probably as soon as you think you got it sorted, there's something coming around the corner for you, whether it, for me it was like injury challenges or... Mm-hmm. Um, and being the competitive person I am, I sort of want to want to prove people wrong, um, or more so, I've leaned on proving people right there in my corner. So um, I think that stuff is is always it's it's not personal, but yeah, people can have their opinion. I love that. I love that saying as well. Is like it's not proving people wrong; it's proving people right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's been big, and of the biggest uh, thing that I get joy from, like other than probably training hard and then seeing that come out game day is like the joy that I can give people like my family, my mates, um, us as a team, like inspiring like the younger kids that haven't got to see Carlton do too well. Mm. Um, so I think that stuff brings out a lot more joy than thinking about proving two or three people right that have um, had their opinion on on the way you sort of you play. Bloody earth, it's very fun. I love, I love Kane. I love what he, he does. I think it's great for the game but I love it even better when he's yeah. wrong like not wrong yeah, but yeah, like yeah. you know when players prove him wrong because at, yeah. at the end of the day he's he's a um, a great talent in that sense and whilst it might not be the mission he's actually if you can respond well to it like you have it's yeah. um yeah it's and I really think cool. probably I think the hardest thing for for people was that for me I can control how yeah. like I respond to that and how I go out and play but Sort of probably family and friends. Yeah, they they, they don't have that that You're control. So they Facebook. Yeah, yeah. mum and, <laughs> and dad might have a different. If they interviewed about Kane, they might say something different. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think yeah, as long as like people are doing their a bit of their research, backing up their point, or I just also enjoy when in the media if they've got something wrong, then they follow it up. Yeah. Because I know there was some people within that time. If you go back and watch some of the shows, they were re-ranking the draft order and stuff and had me in certain positions, but they're not going back and doing that like yeah. a year or two later. And yeah. um, and that's also why I said- Well, Kane did come out and say he got it yeah, wrong, and, didn't he? and Kane come out yeah. and said- so, And there was some people that didn't quite do that. But, yeah. Um, Very good. Yeah, I think it's it's good fun. And I, I think they know that putting Carlton in the headlines creates a lot of talk. Yeah. So, man, that I, comes along with it. I can feel, you know, you're, uh, you're an extremely humble and- very beautiful person but i can feel that Still. sort of competitiveness and that yeah. there, there is that in there like where does that come from has it always been sort of prevalent and have you had to sort of channel it more or channel it less at some stages like i know what it's like being in the competitive environment but from what i have heard again multiple times like the 
you're up there with one of the most competitive white line sort of fever players that guys have played with and do you wear yeah. that as a badge of sort of pride yeah i think from as long as i can remember it's just like i've always just wanted to um have the dream to play afl footy which i've been lucky enough to realize so i think the competitiveness throughout juniors and um on days off of training going for runs or doing a bit of gym or going for a kick like that always drove me um because i also had the passion for the game as well so mm. Feel like when you got a passion for someone you really want to do well um and i think that probably got to me to the point where i am now i think there's times when i'm out there uh, particularly the challenges of afl football or any higher level um, there's going to be times where it's not going as well and sometimes i reckon i've let that competitive edge tip over to come across as maybe a bit selfish or because uh, it's not going our way i've sort of cracked the shits and i verbalize it r rather than Probably now I'm starting to learn how important the body language side of it is. Um, if I've made a mistake, um, how can I channel that into I'm gonna I'm gonna get a tackle next? Or mm. um, and since I've become probably um, a little bit older than some of the guys coming through, showing them an example of if you make a mistake, how do you follow it up? Whereas I probably at times want to be do things that well that when I don't, I'll let that distract me for the next five minutes. Yeah. So I think. Um, while it's probably been the point it's got me to this point there's also um if you can channel it in the right ways better i think that's how i become more of a consistent player more reliable it's funny the field. like you you I, when you get a bit older i'm a lot older than you i think i've realized now like all my best assets are of, are also my biggest weaknesses yeah so yeah. like that's just how you can channel it and how you use it and it's like you might say then you know you got to focus on certain things but it's also what makes you who you are so you got to firstly just acknowledge that it's like the strongest thing but yes there's a couple of things can be improved but i think so long when i was uh when i was young i'd always focus on how i could improve certain things but it's like no you just actually got to do the things you're really fucking good at and nail that first well, yeah. then worry about like you're always gonna have shit that you can improve yeah I, I definitely agree and even what you were saying before with you feeling good doing exercises like you would have been working so hard mm. in here to get that right but then it takes away from exactly like it's the same drive like way, it, it so. was just channeled into something different yeah um so it's just that like i definitely have an, a <clears throat> when i can when i can zero in on something it's like an unhealthy obsession yeah but it's just what i zero that build, into build it to this I know. Yeah, yeah yeah so it's sort of what you can put it into and like for me to lose the the six pack and the shoulders <laughs> I, had to, I had to really put it into something else but did someone catch you on that or you just like mate i did i, I spoke about this the other day as well but like i fun you know it's an interesting point as well with i'm very open with this sort of thing and i know a lot of people struggle with their body and, and physical image but i remember i went to a wedding recently with a few mates from school yeah. and since 18 i'd always been in pretty good condition because i've been an athlete and you get paid to work out so it's pretty good yeah but I remember since leaving, I've had, when you said you got empathy for injured players, I've got so much empathy now for people in, I hate to say in the real world, but in the in the everyday world yeah. of how you can work a job, spend time with family and stay fit. And people that do that, like I'm like got the most admiration for. So when I went to this wedding, I remember my mates and I remember around the pool and they were looking at me and I was like, yeah, okay, it's probably time, <laughs> probably time to um, those probably time to sort of work a few things out. Yeah. And, um, from there, it's been a big journey. We signed up like I'm so lucky in my environment here. Like it is like a footy club. Like we all push each other. Yeah. We work together. We go on runs. We're super competitive, but in a good way. And 
now we're doing gym together. We want to do the marathon this year, but it got to the stage as well for me being a young dad. Like I these are the standards now that I want my son to grow up and be proud of me, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that that doesn't mean that if you're not fit, your parent, no, you know, no, but it's but just like, different ways for me, to, it's yeah. like, it's really important yeah. to be have a healthy lifestyle. Yeah. And the best quote, we said this a lot, but it's like, a lot of people say they die for their kids, but would you get healthy for them? And yeah, I saw yeah. that on TikTok and it really, really hit me. TikTok wisdom. Mate, TikTok <laughs> wisdom's changed my life. It really has. Um, what would you say? And, you know, if you had to be completely honest and we know how humble you are in this sense and it might be hard to say on a public platform, but if you had to say what do you think makes you, what habits that you have make you the best version of yourself? What gets you to the best version of yourself? What are the habits that you have? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I think the habits I've had from a young age, and this is in any any job you do, is like um, you've got to work hard for it. Like that's probably the underlying thing that I've always been probably willing to do is do the work. Um, and also, um, a bit like you mentioned before, is always trying to improve um, or better yourself. And I think that mindset just keeps you keeps you on the edge and um, I think that's allowed me to have a consistency of what I do. And I think teams in the AFL and players in the AFL, what sets them apart is they just do it every week. Um, so keeping um, pretty even keeled is is big on that uh, for me. Um, so um, I'm pretty big with my routine. Um, try and live like the lifestyle that's going to allow me to uh, put my best foot forward. And then also, yeah, surround myself with good people. Mm that um, are going to tell me how it is. But then also um, I do like a lot of that that positive reinforcement, which a lot of my coaches have had. And probably going going into my second year, I reckon I wanted to improve so much that I was focusing on so many things, like you mentioned before. But then I sat down with Luke Power, who um, development coach at the time, and he sort of reminded me like, this is what you've been, these couple of things, you've been doing that since your juniors. Like these are your three things that make you a great player or a good player or um, a player that stood out to me. And um, I think if you're a young kid in any sport, it's like, what can I, what do I do really well and make that stand out? And then if you have that work rate, other things will come off the back of it. Mm. It's like that 80-20 rule, like 80% of the things you... I'm going to fuck that up, but I, something <laughs> something 80-20, I don't know, Google it. 80% it, positive, 20% negative. Is yeah, it something like, like that. Like, it more means... Like 20, you get 80% of your, I've got it, 80% of like the good things that happen actually yeah. comes from the 20%. Anyway, let's just... <laughs> <laughs> You're probably Mate, on it's good another, track It's then, another but, year oh. and another year of butched, butched quotes. <laughs> I think it's 80% of your returns come That's it. Of your- That's it, Das. He said 20, what is it again? 20% of your returns come from... Okay. 80% of your returns come from 20% of your input, meaning yeah. you'll get... Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> First one of the year. <laughs> um, self-improvement sort of stuff. I I know how much Cripper loves his sort of pods and he, he loves his um, books and all those sort of things. So we often sort of exchange a few um, like podcasts and stuff. And I sent him the one the other day. Have you listened to the Huberman podcast with David Goggins yet? No, I haven't. It's really interesting. I'm not a massive David Goggins. Like, I like him and really obviously respect what he does, but I I think that there's more to just, like, getting out and running, like, 600Ks a night. But 
overarching, that's like the only clip you see. There's actually a lot more substance to him in this episode. It's fucking oh. unbelievable, man. Like you got to check yeah. it out. He talks about this part of the brain, human does, that's called the anterior something something. Dars, can you get the name of it, please? And basically, this part of the brain only grows when you do things you don't want to do. And they can't, like, just say, so for example, you love running 10Ks. It won't yeah. grow. Yeah. But yeah. there's those things that you, you know, metaphorically, you put off all the time in your head, um, and you might not, but it just shows how much you've got to do them. And that part, you know, really grows when you do those things, and they call it nearly like the will to live. But listen to the podcast. Anyway, okay. the Huberman, uh, Huberman Lab with David Goggins, Andrew uh, Huberman, who's like a neuroscientist, like explains it. It's ser- seriously unbelievable. Did you get the name of it, Dice? No, like the quote, we've butchered it again. It's it's, it's in the <laughs> podcast. Listen to it. But I think you'd really like it. Yeah, I think. I, Is there I, something I, you hate doing that you do? Well, it's a, yeah, it's a good point, and I think uh, pre-season, you you got it. What is it, Dars? Frontal, yeah, anterior midfrontal cortex. Yeah, let's go with that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> there you go, yeah, yeah. I think we're probably fortunate enough at the club that um, those things are put to us. We've got the club psychologists and yep. Vossi's very strong in the leadership space. Um, the biggest things that probably haven't come naturally for, for me and us as a group is like the communication when you're fatigued or... Yeah. Um, like this is more footy specific. Yeah, for sure. But also even sometimes having the tougher conversations or um, driving standards that um, are tough. That's probably the biggest thing as a group where we can keep on getting our growth. And um, I feel like there's a lot of guys like Cripper that drive that standard really well. And I think like for me, it's probably just keep on building habits that um, is going to reflect what our standards are. So um, why it might not always be the easiest thing to do, you've you've got to do it. So there's nothing that I can put my finger on. Maybe yeah. it's playing golf. I hate, Yours might I hate playing. that. You should go and do that more. Yeah. For example, mine was jiu-jitsu. Oh, really? I couldn't think of anything worse than doing jiu-jitsu, so I've started going. There you go. How's yeah. it been? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually quite fun. I actually really enjoyed it. Went with Max Viney. Have you seen the... Yeah, okay. We should go together. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. We well, uh, have a jiu-jitsu coach at the club. Oh, do you? So, Who you got? Uh, his name's Robbie. Robbie? Yeah. Robbie Jiu-Jitsu? He looks like fish. Does he really? <laughs> fish dressed up as him for Mad Monday. <laughs> apparently, um, apparently, Fish had a good break and he, he came back a bit heavy. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, yeah, sadly, Fish isn't at Blues anymore, yeah. so I can't report on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think he might have needed a slightly bigger suit at Maddie Kennedy's wedding, but oh, that's okay. all. So. <laughs> Wow. I think, yeah, he's looking good now, though. He, I think he's looking good. Ready for a big year for the, the fishwa. Um, Mate, the Blues. Last year, middle of the year, I, I seriously forgot this before about to chat today, and it shows how quickly things can change in footy, which you'll know better than anyone. Like, a week's a long time. Things can change yeah. very quickly. Middle of the season, it was not looking good for the club. Like, and being at Carlton, spotlight on, media attention, my biggest thing that I think Carlton have really struggled with for a long time is the external narrative coming inside. And like from even when I was there, I just remember it was like, if it was in the paper, then they'd start stressing about it. And I was like, fucking hell, like it just happened four or five times. And even in my head, I was like, this has got to be the moment here. Like either they fold and sack Voss or they actually go internally, no, fuck this, like we're staying with him and we're going together. And the tide will turn. Was that what did? Was that? Were you aware of obviously how much that pressure was? Was that like a known thing? Like external, internally, for you, how did that feel? And what were your thoughts around that whole sort of time period? 
Yeah, I think you've put that spot on. And in my first couple of years, um, seen two coaches be sacked. And um, the harsh reality is, I think the biggest when you're growing up, you you want to play in front of big crowds and for a big club. And Carlton's definitely that. And it's nearly everything you dreamed of as a kid. But then there's also the other side of it is when it's not going well, there's going to be people coming at you. And I think the biggest thing that I learned from particularly Vossi, but even um, Cookie as a CEO is the ability of leadership to withstand pressure and how that flows through the group. Mm. It's like how they rocked up on a Monday or a Tuesday after a tough loss from us. And they, they were busy just getting to work on the solution, not worrying about what's being said or... Um, so I think uh, Cookie's like obviously a lot more behind the scenes and coming into AFL club, I wouldn't even be able to tell you like why a CEO is important, but I probably would now. Um, mm. So from the top down and then... Um, I think Vossi has been put in a lot of positions now where he's had to learn from the Brisbane experience. Being at Port Adelaide, he was under Ken Hinckley for 10, 12 years. Like they had ups and downs as it was. And the way he sort of led us through that was was great, I thought. And when we were coming into the club, yeah, there was definitely frustration and um, players were down on confidence. So it probably showed we were feeling the pressure a bit. But... Um, I also find that there's a, a lagging period in sport or um, with a lot of things you do because we were probably working on the problem from that we seen in our game and um, and maybe a few training standards from like round three or four or five or six, but it took until round 10, 11, 12 to, to catch up to that point mm. because there's teams that were doing that over the preseason really well or we went down to Ed Kernos, which has been highly talked about for a fair bit but I think that was a bit more what you were saying before is the playing group you can have Vossi in that doing as much as they like but you've got to have buy-in from the group and mm. we sat down and, and said how do we want to be seen as a team we do a lot of talking about it but are we actually actioning it um, and that's when we started to see more team footy defending as a team um, it's sometimes the the slightest change We ha I was doing a coaching course before the Gold Coast game for level two AFL coaching and Brendan McCartney came in and um, there was 13 of us boys in there and he's like, boys, um, I don't know if you know it, but you're a bee's dick off. Mm -hmm. And we were all sitting there like, yeah, like we think we're capable, but we've got to go out there and do it. And then we went on to win so many in a row. So I seen him down in Geelong the other day and had a bit of a laugh about that because he wasn't far from it either. But it just shows it's the finer margins, particularly at the highest level because once again, going into this year, there'll be probably legitimately like a 14, 15 teams that are pushing for the top eight. Yeah. So um, as soon as you slightly fall off what you want to be seen as a group, um, it can be hard. How crazy That's a long is... answer, by the way. No, I loved it. Mate. That's, <laughs> that's what podcasting is. I loved, um, I loved it though because for so long, you can build momentum and confidence. And I think momentum is such an interesting word in footy because it is so important. But to get confidence and to really get on one of those roles, you do need to just get the four points. And it's almost like you can have the momentum and the confidence, but if you're not securing the get the wins, then as soon as they start flowing in, it's like it's, you're just off to the races. Yeah. But I suppose as quick as hard as it is to to gain it, it's probably just as easy to let it go. That's right. It's a continual thing. For us, it was probably that second quarter against Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, and we just that week like took a bit a bit more ownership with like how can we get back to being our best around centre bounce. So Cripper got some vision from the year before. We sat down, we watched it and 
we probably generated three or four goals out of our mm. center clearance stuff throughout that quarter. And um, once again, I go back to you just can't beat um, doing the work. And obviously, there was a lot of variables within that time. But um, for us as a group, um, I think stability is the main thing. Um, and we've had that the past two years. And now it's the playing group to keep driving driving the standards. Loose in good shape. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. The that trip to Ed's Kurnos, like I know there might have been some I didn't actually hear a lot about it though. What yeah. what did you just do down there? Yeah, so we drove down after comedy, a, comedy oh, shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we went to Japan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well it probably was a comedy show if you yeah. had, uh, had the vloggers on that. Yeah. But um Ed Kerno has a place down in Bells Beach and um it was Wednesday after a training and we went down there and just had a bonfire, sat around it. Um had um had dinner there and even probably uh with each each person had a couple of beers which is rare midweek yeah um but the thing was like even after that that um sort of get together and like we felt really confident about turning around and then we played Essendon that week and lost again so it wasn't like it just flicked yeah. over that week and so that that following week was a real test for the group but um, I thought we started to train with more of a purpose on on how we wanted to be seen for that sort of month leading into that. So um, it wasn't just a one-off thing. Like there's no magic magic answer, the magic show. But yeah, um, yeah I think we learned a lot of valuable lessons that you hope you don't forget for the rest of your career. 100%. Which is us for a group. We need to do that. 2024 heading in now, um, it's probably different now. There's expectation going into the season. Well, different expectation anyway. Yeah. A few questions. Um, what teammates have had the biggest influence on you? Maybe answer that one first. Yeah. The one that stands out for me is Kripa. Yeah. Um, it's probably a go-to answer for a lot of the boys, but... Um, in my first week, I'll live with Weeders and then I'll live with Cripper and um, probably being in the midfield, definitely relate to. But he gave me a lot of confidence early on to just go out there and play footy. So did Bolts, um, just by saying that this you're playing on the wing and you're going out there and doing this. And Cripper used to always say to me, mate, there's no reason why you can't go out there and be the best player on the field because you've done the work. Yeah. So first year, I like... Um, cool to have a leader say Unbelievable. That, hey? Yeah. Um, so they're the things that like you never forget like you know it's like you go into a club and i can only remember what my first week was like because you're just so you're so on and um he's he's definitely a guy that i've kept on um looking up to and um from there as well like the professional side of it simo was unbelievable um and then the running side of the game murph like the way he used to use his angles and burst and that's what i want to keep getting in my game so i still catch up with Murph every now and then for a coffee and mm. um, he definitely took a few of us younger boys under his wing as well. So they were probably the main three in my first year. Huge. Um, what teammate is most, which teammates are most underrated and why? That's a good question. Um, I don't know if he's underrated, but Matty Cottrell. I had him here. Yeah. yeah. I sit next to his dad at the uh, final at Brisbane Did as well. You? Yeah, yeah, right. Was man. he up and about? Have they got a, a, a recycling company or something like yeah, that? Yeah, so his brother um, runs a construction That's sort it. of company. I was trying to get the hat. Yeah, well, he had the he had the number on his hat. And yeah. um, against uh, Melbourne, a fair few of my mates, like they were all sitting behind <laughs> his brother. So throughout the game, him. they were calling him up. 
<laughs> could see him starting to get frustrated, <laughs> like looking around. Someone was stitching him up. So um, that, that was pretty funny. But yeah, Cotter's got a few brothers. But yeah, the way he connects, like, you know, it's like now where the forwards have to get nearly as yeah. deep as any player. So he Death connects Valley. us really well. And yeah, that's a, it's a yeah, hard, you know, hard, hard role to play. So, um, so I think, and also I probably, I reckon, a bit biased, but like, I reckon Weeders should be an all Australian backman yeah. by now, but yeah. internally, like one, two BNFs and um, the work that he does more to do vocally um, than anything. Like you see the you know, steps he take and that, but um, he's a guy that yeah really steers the ship. Uh, he's a star, star yeah. Weeders. Um, one thing I'm not happy with this year with with Cottrell though, and I I'm not sure if you care about this, but I really do. Is he's changed his number? No, Cotts hasn't. He went from forty six to didn't he change? No, Cotts is too loyal. Nah, he's stayed with forty six. Yeah, oh my yeah, God. yeah. I thought that he changed his number. No, nah, nah. was it reported that he? Nah, there's there's been a lot of boys change their number, but not Cotts. What Good. are you, what are your thoughts? So no, no, no. no I love the forty six on him. No, I think in, it tells a story. Oh, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Yeah, as well. I think it tells a great story. I love the the rookie mindset. I love the high number. I love. I think that him in the forty six is it. It's he can make it his own. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And even like, as you said, like his, you look at the names on the locker at that end, there's not many. It's Did like- Dave Allard, bit... I don't know if he's on the locker. I'm, I'm, I, I, it's funny because it it's similar sort of- yeah, yeah, one or two. But um, your number. Yeah. I've had some opinions on, on this. And I'm not sure if you heard them. Um, not as brash as Kane Corn's opinions, but I, early days I was confused by the 18. Because I, I had a big thing where I was like, 18 is like a- sort of like a key position player. <laughs> like it's sort of like a Wayne Ke- like Wayne Carey went on yeah, yeah, entirely yeah. On, on good terms at the moment. But um it's, it's like, <laughs> like a Jesse Cameron. Yeah, Jesse Cameron yeah. sort of thing. But um, I, I'm I would be completely honest with you on this. It's you've really turned me onto it. On your back. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, I didn't even I didn't even pick the number. So it just so, got given to you? Yeah, it got yeah. given to me and nearly a little bit the same. Like there was some pretty cool numbers up for grabs, like eleven with Bruce Dool. Yeah. Um, at that time? Or? Yeah, at yeah. the time. I think Gov might have had that in his contract, so he snatched it up pretty quick. Before that, my favourite number was 22, but I wasn't moving Marchie out of that. Really? Yeah, okay. Um, I think the cool thing about 18 was um, I was drafted in 2018, yep. so that will always be pretty cool. And Justin Jefferson, where's it? Wide receiver for Minnesota. He's got a bit of swag. So Well, I do like the fact as well that you're probably the only 18 that's like a midfielder in the comp as well. <laughs> Matty Real. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> do you like the numbers? Oh. Do you like like um, see when number like players are in certain numbers? Oh yeah, I'm not like a like some people are freaks no, with it. With like, but do you, like no, in I'm, your team, if you were like, oh, I don't really want him there, would you say something? Probably not. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say anything either, but I'd think yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even this year with um with Hollands, yeah, moved from yeah. the 14, 14 to four, four, I really liked him in the fourteen. Yeah. Well, that's and that was hard as well because we had a clinic the other day and a few kids rolling around in the fourteen. That's what I mean. So They've invested in it and it's sort of hard. They kept to, with the Razio Fantasia yeah, now. Yeah, with the fourteen. Yeah. Anyway, um, shit story, but thought <laughs> I'd sort of add you on that one. And last but not least, who's ready for a big year? Who do you think is going to come back and is in sort of good nick at the moment, ready for a big season? Yeah, I think Tommy DeConning um, mm. is ready, ready to take that. We already showed it. In, yeah. Um, his game against Melbourne was unreal. With, like he's taken like, stu- Stood up when we yeah. weren't going great in that first quarter to um, 
kick those two goals and um I really admire the rucks. Like you hear how hard they crash in every week, and I couldn't um, do anything worse. No, nah. and it's generally probably oh, there's probably the f- maybe key position still a bit like that one-on-one battle. It's like you won your battle today or not, which mm. I really respect. Like that's yeah, it's ultimate competing. Really. Um, so yeah, I think um, he's had a great preseason and um, pretty versatile player as well. I like him in the twelve too. Yeah, suits him. Fits it well. Suits him. Um. Hey, do you set goals for the year? Do you put like pen to paper or is it more just sort of manifest and put into the universe? Or are you sort of a diary sort of guy? Um, I definitely more short-term goals and long-term goals. Yep. So um, pretty diligent on planning my week um, and what I want to get out of that. I found as soon as I'll start looking too far forward, um, can probably start getting me pressing too much for that. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably learn as well, uh, maybe sometimes with the individual stuff like that will come off the back of um, what my role is excelling in that and then the flair and everything will come mm. come off the back of that. And um, I think team success goes in hand with those individual awards, which um, you never play for. It's always nice to get acknowledgement, but I think you're fine. Like if, if your team's up there finishing top four and that, you're having Good great seasons. fun year of footy. Um, and that feeling that we had playing finals, I've like never felt that type of feeling before. So, um, that is one of the ones that, um, you want to keep the group onto, um, cause it takes last year, we would use 38, 39 players to, to get to that point. So being a strong group, um, can, yeah, create some good memories. No, it's super exciting, man. I'm so pumped for this season to see what happens. And you've reminded me with Fantasia as well, like. He's one of those guys that can come in and play a pretty significant role, I feel. Yeah. 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 Very classy. We like that. Um, mate, to finish up, I appreciate your time. It's been unbelievable. Oh, I've loved it. It's been it's very, been very great. good. Watching, listening, reading. Are you watching yep. anything? Are you listening to anything or reading anything or just even just favourites of all time? What would you recommend for us? Yep. So, um, uh, watching, I've, I just finished watching uh, Bye Bye Barry um, on Amazon. It's about Barry Sanders. Remind us who that is again. Um, he's a running back for... He was a running back for the Detroit Lions. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I thought he was a um, pretty cool story to listen to. And, um, Give us what happens in it. Um, so, it's about how he pretty much... He was like the best in the game and um, pretty much retired um, early without t- telling anyone why um, at the top of his game. And I won't spoil it too much from there. You find out? Yeah, yeah. So, he goes... It's the first real sit-down interview with wow. him. Um and also it's quite funny because I'm a bit out there with my goal celebrations and he talks about like how he never celebrated like when impassable to the ref so it's had me thinking twice on that but no I um, love just your celebrations a, yeah just yeah. a real cool like mellow dude but I'm a sucker for any sports like I reckon the best sports soccer is last dance like everyone knows about that yep I'll do, I don't mind my music either have you seen the defiant ones yeah yeah I loved that that was so good. that was I think that's off Netflix on the sports now, docos though, though um, I got two for you Go for it. I don't really like... Uh, I'm not massive into American sports, but I do like the docos on them. The Brady Six, that has to be one of the best documentaries yeah. I've ever seen, just on Tom Brady, and it's like the six quarterbacks taken before him and then like goes through for anyone out there who wants to watch it. I don't so know good. where you can watch it anymore, but... We've actually got um, Tom Brady coming into the club next week. You're kidding, because he's in Melbourne, that. isn't he? Yeah. Um, Are you going to like... Mate, I, I've always be... thought like, what do, what do you ask the goat? Because like, as you said then, like... 
so many good docos on him. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's like the undisputed goat of the NFL, really. Yeah. And I cut you off. What was the second one? No, Sorry. no, no. I was just couldn't believe that. Yeah. There's two more. One is um, if you like thirty for thirties, the Detroit Detroit Pistons bad boys. You seen that one? Yeah, so L- good. Lambeer and yeah. all those guys. It's like about basically they just weren't the best team, but they were just such a tight unit. Isaiah Thomas. Were, yeah, Isaiah yeah. Thomas. And they were sort of like pretty dirty, but also just, just tough. And then probably not a, a, a great story, but one that was fucking so interesting was the um, Aaron Hernandez doco. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's um, one of the ones that I didn't know much about heading yeah. into it. And, um, but like this guy, a running back, you know, teammate of... Brady, Bill Belichick, played for the New England Patriots and had murdered two people. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones. playing. Yeah. One of those ones, even now, like I watch a bit of it and none of the players talk on it at all or anything. Yeah. It's just you don't think that happens in... No. Particularly like... Crazy. Yeah. In in the footy club, you can't really do much without everyone knowing, you know what I mean? Because then just rocking up to training with like a a gun. Yeah. Like, yeah, not good. But um, just, just crazy, just crazy. Really good. Um, sorry. So listening. Oh, that um, was the the um divine ones with Eminem and. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, yeah. I've watched. Yeah. So th- that's another good one that I've watched. Yeah. Listening at the moment because I love my NBA. Um, JJ Redick. He does yeah. a lot of the. He interviews like pretty much like this, a lot of the players. Yeah. So, um, it's pretty cool hearing them speak. Have you learned um, anything from any NBA players? Like, has anything ever stood out to you? Um, it definitely is a lot more individual driven sport. Yeah. I reckon. Um. You can definitely see, um, like, the absolute freaks to be in that position because it's such a big sport. And um, listen to a cool one the other day, like, um, that involved, like, Dame Lillard and just how he, like, he said he sits back and observes for the first quarter and then he would just go in attack mode. So, yeah. just sort of, like, that step out and then step into it. So, little things like that you pick up on. Um, and I have uh, particularly grown up listen, listening to you and, and the Howie game. So... Um, I had a Dylan Friends t-shirt that uh, mum bought, which was like five or six years ago now before I got drafted. And you did the personalized note to it. like um, That's fucking great. Illy at the end of it. Um, so that was, I thought you were hitting on my mum. saying Illy at the end of it. <laughs> She's a beautiful lady. But I wouldn't do that. Um, so listen, I really love the Richo one. I thought that was Maybe great. Richie, which, yeah. yeah, he was a bit before my time, but um, there's probably plenty that I, sometimes you you can't remember of course, do, but, oh, of course. Um, it's better than um hodgy uh not hodgy yeah hodgy came on and said that his favorite episode was nathan buckley i just hadn't had nathan no, buckley no. on the show yet. <laughs> <laughs> was that cut out or i think we left it in we leave it in it's fine it's fine i'm not oh, it was funny great. Yeah. <laughs> it's good so at least you got someone that was actually on yeah. the pod. um reading are you a reader you read anything cool i actually um i've gone through phases of reading and um at the club, we sort of go through a few books that's handed out. Yep. So that that's more, if I'm more reading to um, learn stuff, we're reading the Dan Carter book at the moment. Um, so he was the number New 10 Zealand. for the yeah, yep. for the All Blacks. So I've only just started that bit. Actually, I've been reading Eminem um, the way I am. Oh, wow. So, um, yeah, I, di- I didn't um, even know the book was out. One of the people that works at the club handed it to me because I was listening to Heaps Eminem. So... Uh, pretty cool story that, like where he come from and um, been is it a big, like this isn't a over. joke, but yeah. is this different? Is it different to Eight Mile? Because that's like yeah, yeah, like, he, yeah. <laughs> that wasn't. I was actually, <laughs> but he does he does speak about that in there, yeah. and he said that that was like he tried to pretty much show in a little bit more glorified way of Than what how he grew up. Yeah, um, 
I'm mentioning like a lot of Detroit things, so I might yeah, have no, to go and visit you, Detroit. But yeah, you love Detroit. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. That that's. I usually I'm all about like the sports books and, and stuff, about, particularly yeah. growing up. But that Dan Carter um, book, I haven't read that, but I read we got handed out years ago the club legacy. Yeah, and I actually just picked that up the other day because we're doing a cultural meeting here and want to set some values and stuff. And it was crazy how just like transferable those things are of the all blacks of like you know sweep the sheds and pivot at the top of your game even when you think you're dominating like add new strings to your bow and, yeah and it's just they yeah, were nearly the, ahead of the game in that sense weren't they like oh, it's crazy because yeah there's probably a lot of those things we've come to learn particularly over the last five to six years of how powerful that stuff is but yeah that was like yeah they were doing that back in 2007 after that world cup weren't they when it's on yeah. paper it's obviously lasted a long time and things change, but that they're all still quite relevant. Yeah. Um, to have like, yeah, what they have over that period, like an 87% win, win percentage, like you got to be yeah. doing. Yeah. Crazy. Um, mate, thank you so much for your time today, bro. I appreciate really appreciate it, it, man. It's been unbelievable to get you in. I can't wait to see what uh, happens to you both personally and with the club this year. Massive admirer and supporter of what you do. I don't say that lightly and um, yeah, love everything you're about, mate. So thank you so much. Likewise, mate. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another Clubby Sports Podcast. If you like this episode and you're looking for something else to listen to next, I've added a link in the show notes to another episode that I think you will love. Make sure you're following us on Instagram at Dylan Friends, on TikTok at Dylan Friends, and if you want to send something in for the show or chat to us on the minis, any bit of feedback, please email me at mailbag at dylanfriends.com. We'll chat to you soon. IlyXX, thank you so much. KO's got you covered this footy season with every game of every round live and ad break free during play. Wow, in the AFL this week, there are some huge games. Collingwood versus Adelaide live with no ad break string play, exclusive in Victoria. Giants versus Bulldogs. Oh, I remember that game. I think it was 2016 at Giants Stadium to get the Bulldogs into the grand final. I will never forget that one. Live with no ad breaks free during play, exclusive in Victoria. And Essendon versus North Melbourne. Geez, that's the old Ben McKay Cup. Exclusive to Fox Footy, available on KO. Don't forget those NBA playoffs. They are dominating at the moment. It is just getting bigger and better than ever. Watch every game of both Eastern and Western Conferences finals live with ESPN on KO. There's plenty of room for everyone, no matter what you want to watch. So get on board with KO, now also available on Hubble.